cilantro, bitches. It saved Patrick's day. In quarantine. Welcome to On the PA, which happens to be airing on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah! But again, it's St. Patrick's Day in quarantine. So, I'm at home. I love St. Patrick's Day. I always love St. Patrick's Day. Now, it's not just because my name is Patrick. That helps. But it was just always the coolest holiday. You know what I mean? I mean, you have your A-list holidays. You know, you got your Christmas, you got your Halloween, which is still, you know, the king of my heart. But... St. Patrick's Day was just a sort of a cool, you know, mid-March celebration, right when things are just at their worst. You know, we've been in winter for like a hundred months. We've been suffering through a pandemic. We're getting these little bits of spring, but not enough that we forget about the winter. And then we get this raucous sort of party holiday. You know, no cards, no family, nothing like that. You just go out and you get slitzed. And that's basically St. Patrick's Day. But what is it all about? I mean, okay. St. Patrick's Day is the only day that binge drinking is seen as heroic and leaves college campuses to hit the club scene. Uh, and where drinking near-fatal amounts of alcohol and slam dancing to Molly Maguire is seen as a good time. And it's also the only time of the year when a Celtic band can get a very large audience. And when kissing strangers in the street doesn't lead to lawsuits. You can get beads and flashing cups and temporary tattoos and you don't even have to go to Mardi Gras. And according to most of the people you'll meet, they're like, so important. Um, This is also the time of year when women around the country say, I don't have anything green to wear. Well, they don't, at least not until they power vomit into their lap a few hours later after drinking too many green beers. So hold out, ladies. The green's coming. Not to say that the men don't puke in just as much density as well as viscosity. They do. Trust me. I've, I've had many a shoe ruined from a St. Patrick's Day. At least that's what they told me. I don't know. I was, I've blacked out like at least 12 years in a row. Um, so what is St. Patrick's Day all about? That's what I'm going to talk about today because not only is it an interesting holiday, but we've been fed a lot of bullshit about St. Patrick himself and this actual day. I mean, all people really know about St. Patrick's Day are, you know, shamrocks, drinking, and leprechauns, all right? And the leprechaun, he's kind of a cool figure. He's this, you know, Weasley little troll who's like, hey, 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 pot of gold, you know, really, he's only been relegated to like cheesy 80s horror movies, cereal boxes, and basically a harmful Irish stereotype. But he's actually a very popular mythological folklore creature. Uh, he sort of exists in the realm of the Fae, and he was described as a solitary fairy, uh, which is a perfect description of me during the pandemic. Uh, he was always a shoemaker and always up to mischief. And always was hiding, you know, a treasure at the end of the the, the rainbow, which uh, just seemed kind of gay. But anyway, cool little figures. But what do they have to do with St. Patrick's Day? Well, again, they're tied to this whole idea of green and shamrocks and Ireland. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of On the PA. But before we do that, I want to just draw attention to some local drama uh, where a, a business right here in Niagara Falls, decided it would be really cool to basically create a sign that dunks on trans people because, you know, we need to take them down a peg. 
So we're going to talk about that first. So we're going to do the darkness before we get to the light. So here we're going to have a new segment called Down Pat, and then we're going to get into some St. Patrick's Day fun. So Slancha, here we go. JNE Recovery and Towing is a uh, company in St. Catharines that I guess tows and recovers things. They should have probably towed away this fucking sign that they put out front of their business over the weekend. Uh, The sign is one of those generic, you know, signs you'd see in front of like a bingo hall. Things are misspelled. They're using like an upside down seven as an L, one of those things. Uh, But it's used for promotion and it's a black sign with yellow letters and it reads, and I quote, are we still using tranny fluid? That's what the sign said. Uh, so there's a pun here on transmission fluid or tranny fluid and the, uh, the word tranny, which is, of course, derogatory towards transgender people. Um, this did not go unnoticed by not only the public, but several groups in the area, which I'm glad for. No pun intended. Glad. Get it? GL? No. Gay people get it. Uh, because this is just... Uh, it just, it's small town thinking. It's ignorant. It's, it's stupid. It's not even really a joke. So that's what I'm going to talk about in this segment that I like to call down pat. Where I take on an issue and I get so mad, they have to say, calm down, Pat. So this is in simply short form down pat. What the fuck? This is where we are again. So I, I, I just spent our last episode with, you know, Levi Mann talking about the absurdity of, you know, this whole potato head thing. And now we get, you know, in, in 2021, uh, a sign like this, which is really just taking a cheap shot at the trans community, which, uh, you know, is nothing new. But it's it's really shocking that a business would put this on a sign. WTF! This sort of thing just keeps happening. And I, I think that, you know, I'm not a trans person, but they're, you know, under the rich kaleidoscope that is the LGBTQ community. And, you know, they'd stand up for us. I mean, they've done it since Stonewall. So I'm going to do that for them as well. Because First of all, who the fuck are these people? You know what I mean? Like, if this is your way of drumming up business, then, you know, you're despicable. Ugh. J-N-E. You know, it's like June without the U. I hate you all so much! This is a towing company, all right? People already fucking hate you, all right? You're the ones that come and take people's cars when they've parked in a, you know, clearly marked no parking zone and... Maybe it was dark and they didn't know. And I'm not saying this is me, but it's been me. I've been towed. So all I'm saying is, you know what? People already think you guys are dicks. So don't like ramp that up by adding hillbilly transphobic one-liners to your company's, you know, brand. And okay, you want to make a joke? I'll make a joke then. We could make a joke on, okay, J&E Towers, all right? Towers, when written, looks like towers. So I could say, hey, are we still calling it J&E Towers? Bet they're not open on 9-11, ha ha Because it's equally as offensive and stupid as the joke you just told. So leave the comedy to somebody who knows what they're doing and... Self-destruct sequence activated. And here's why this doesn't count as a joke, because they missed an easy shot here. The sign reads... Are we still calling it tranny fluid or is it gender neutral now? When the obvious joke here is, are we still calling it tranny fluid or is it gender fluid now? They took out the word fluid and wrote gender neutral. You have got to be kidding. 
You had that joke. It was laying right at your feet. And you went gender neutral. Oh, come on! This offends me as a gay person, as someone who respects trans people, but more as a comedian. And secondly, it's just not funny, guys. Again, this is a group of people who have done nothing but take the whips and scorns of modern society. So for you to dunk on them, and for what to drum up, towing business, pretty sad. And you deserve the scorn you're getting. And uh, that apology you wrote, I don't know where to begin with that. I'm going to get back to that in just a second. But they apologize by putting up yet another sign. So, you know, let's fight fire with fire. That always works. And I already know what would happen if this got more coverage than it would in just a local paper. You know, you're going to get people, let's say, on the more conservative side of politics or people who just need to, you know, bitch about something. And I realize they aren't even saying that. Uh, they'll say, you know, oh, it was just a joke and you guys are snowflakes and can't you take a joke? Well, here's the thing. I can take a joke. I write jokes for a living, but I don't write jokes against groups of people who don't deserve it. And they're going to come at you and say, you know, how could you get so mad about a joke? You guys need to calm down. And that's called gaslighting. They're going to make you feel bad for they're being dickish. They're going to say, you know, they're going to shame you for feeling shame for them shaming you. It's shame, shame, and double shame. And yeah, well, guess what? The gas light comes on in my car and I don't pay attention to that either. I've, uh, I've been stranded a few times, but that's beside the point. Awkward. They followed it up by saying that, oh, uh, Curtis wrote it. That's what they wrote on the sign. That was their apology. They wrote on the sign, Sorry, Curtis did it, or something like that, as a follow-up to this story. So now they're actually going to, you know, throw whoever Curtis is under the bus or under the towing van, whatever the hell they're using, uh, to sort of justify, you know, a as an apology. Which, by the way, doesn't contain the words I'm or sorry or we're and sorry, you know, and we're using proper pronouns, so keep that in mind. So if you want to make an apology, here's an idea. Say you're sorry and don't do this kind of humor anymore because it's stupid, it's offensive, it helps absolutely no one, and it makes you look like a backwater hick seed operation that probably doesn't even know how to use a computer and still uses that like credit card machine that takes the ink imprint instead of using actual technology. So j and &E towers, do better. St. Patrick's Day. Now, I don't just have an affinity for this holiday because, well, it's named after me. Well, I'm named after it, but whatever, I'm no saint. Uh, I just have a very strong affinity to Ireland and Irish heritage. You know, I have a bit of the brogue in me. My uh, dad's mother was Irish, and, uh, you know, I've always considered myself a son of the Isle. You know, a boy of the green, uh, a lad of the leprechaun. This is a B-list holiday where all you have to do is have fun. You know, it's up there with like Thanksgiving where you just eat until you're really uncomfortable and at two in the afternoon for some reason. But St. Patrick's Day was always, you know, a, a holiday for the youth, especially the youth that are underage yet still dabbling in substances or those who are like me in university and legal to drink and do so to excess and dangerous degrees. Um, this is the only day of the year where drinking at 10 a.m. at school was considered a rite of passage. You know, me and my friends did that on other days. It just, you know, wasn't accepted. Um, St. Patrick's Day has a long and rich tradition, but there's a lot of things we 
think about St. Patrick's Day that's actually bullshit, but also there's things that we don't know that I think you should know because I'm proud of my possible heritage. I don't know, I'm gonna do 23 and mean. Maybe I'm not even Irish at all. Do it. So here's a few things you should know about St. Patrick's Day and a few things maybe you already know that's complete crap. The real St. Patrick, uh, considered, of course, the patron saint of Ireland, uh, was not Irish. How's that for some bullshit? He was actually born in Banaventa Bernaya, Bernaya, sorry, a town in Roman Britain. Sometime in the late 300s, Anno Domini, this is before we used BCE and C. That's right, not Irish. Does not compute. So what the fuck? And here's a one-two punch. Uh, real name not was not Patrick. Nope. Just destroying all my idols today. It was Maywin Sukat. That was his real name. Maywin Sukat. I mean, I can hear Patrick in there, can't you? Uh, he didn't really care for that name, so he chose Patrickias as a new name. Now, that one, deservedly a little more badass, uh, is a lot better than Maywin Sukat. Yeah, so... Real name wasn't Patrick, and he wasn't even Irish, so, uh... O-M-G. Uh, in folklore, uh, apparently, you know, he St. Patrick rose to fame because uh, he banished all the snakes from Ireland. And that sounds really badass. You know, he's got this, like, shillelagh, which is supposed to be like a... Well, it's a walking stick that the Irish just chose to give a name. And he's like, you know... Donatello from the Ninja Turtles going through Ireland, like, big on snakes. You think of, like, Whacking Day on The Simpsons. It's like that. That's sort of the mythos. I think that's pretty much the inspiration for that episode. Oh, Whacking Day, oh, Whacking Day. Problem number two. There were no snakes in Ireland. Because it is an island, uh, it's somewhat impossible for any sort of snake to have actually been a native animal to the isle. So no, that's not true either. We'll break the backs, gouge out their eyes. So Patrick, or Patrick Hyas, or Maywin, whatever the hell his name is, um, they say that he was supposed to be the one responsible for popularizing the shamrock, the three-leafed plant you see plastered all over the place uh, on St. Patrick's Day. He was supposedly, according to legend, teaching the Irish the Holy Trinity by using the shamrock as an example of one stem and three separate leaves. Um, this is also a big pile of shit because they had already triple deities and regarded the number three highly in Ireland. So his use of the shamrock may have helped win a great deal of favor with the Irish, but they don't know if that was really true, that whole story of him using that. My phone just went off. Pardon me. <laughs> Even though a lot of this is disappointing, I mean, hey, he's still a saint, right? I mean, at the end of the day, he still had a happy ending. The dude's a saint, right? 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 He's still a saint, though, right? No, not canonized. He's actually not been canonized as a saint. So... He lived a normal life, I guess, old Maywin did back then, but he was captured by Irish pirates at the age of 16, and he was enslaved for six years as a shepherd by these said pirates, all right? Um, Their evil hearts will pulverize. So that, in the midst of, you know, his captivity, 
he decided to convert to Christianity. Maybe it was the shepherd job. Maybe, I don't know, he had some sort of epiphany about Jesus as a shepherd or something like that. Uh, at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, well, is this like Stockholm Syndrome or something? Like, you know, were they actually shepherds and you thought, you know, you want to be like them because, you know, you're, you're identifying with your captor or you fell in love with the sheep? I don't know. Who knows at this point? I mean, his whole life is basically one <laughs> national inquirer at this point. Well, apparently, uh, he learned Irish language. He was in Northeastern Ireland. He learned the Irish language and culture there. Um, but he attempted to escape back to Britain. However, he wasn't really good at escaping, uh, because he was captured again for a second time. I mean, okay. Once being captured by pirates would make me a little gun shy twice. It's like, come on, that's just, you're just getting careless now. And I feel like back then pirates were like a way bigger problem than they are now. By this time, he wasn't captured by Irish pirates. It was the French. So, ha ha, French pirates captured him. So he has spent time now on two pirate ships with French and Irish people. And, and so far, we're not hearing a lot about, you know, snakes or grain or anything like that. So let's keep going. Um, he learned about monasticism or being a monk in France. And he was released and sent home to Britain, where he continued to study Christianity well into his 20s. So after all of that ordeal, he thought, I'm going to learn about religion. You know, I think I would have, you know, booked a shrink appointment or maybe, you know, gone to the hospital or something. Patrick claimed he had a vision that told him to bring Christianity to the Irish people. They don't say what that vision was or like, like what like what was it? You didn't actually see those words floating in the air. Was it Mother Mary? Was it Jesus? Like, you know, was it the Lucky Charms guy? Who was it? Someone told him, hey, go teach those English, you know, all about the Christians. And, you know, while you're at it, fly on over to Ireland and give them the what for. St. Patrick uh, at this time decided to start preaching the word. And uh, he arrived back in Ireland and... He and his preaching ways were not necessarily welcomed. It's sort of like any other Jehovah's Witness coming to your door or someone saying, have you ever heard about Scientology? Ah, you gotta speak up. So why wear green? What, what's the point of wearing green? Their color used to actually be blue. It was never green. They changed it to green because, I mean, they talked about the Emerald Isles and, I mean, it was green everywhere. It just made sense. You know, blue, everyone's got blue, but they thought, you know, no one has green. No one, you know, wears a color that makes you look like you're just about to vomit. <laughs> green, uh, it goes back to the Irish rebellion. Uh, Irish shoulders were green when they fought the British in their trademark red. So I guess it was like a complimentary color wheel thing, you know. <laughs> Until then, the color was blue. Um, they always wore blue. The song the soldiers sang during the war in 1798 was the wearing of the green. And that changed all of that and made green the color of shamrocks. And it made it Ireland's mainstay color because of that song. And from then on, people wore green on St. Patrick's Day in solidarity. Uh, so the popularity of St. Patrick's Day uh, really picked up steam in the mid-19th century because there was a massive influx of Irish immigrants hoping to escape the Great Famine in Ireland. And I mean, this took... St. Patrick's Day to a whole new level. It was gone from a small-scale feast day to a full-blown celebration because so many people, again, were part of the Irish culture, landing in Canada and America. Um, in 1903, feast day became a national holiday in Ireland. And over time, it transformed into what was now called St. Patrick's Day. So it used to be called feast day, but I thought they th – I'm pretty sure the Irish people thought, eh, we can't market that, especially after they had, you know, famine year for so long. 
So St. Patrick's Day uh, as a holiday is celebrated all over the world. Uh, countries outside of Canada that celebrate St. Patrick's Day are United States, Great Britain, Argentina, Australia, New Zealand, Switzerland, and Russia. That one, Russia, like really? And even throughout Asia, they have St. Patrick's Day celebrations. Russia, really? You know, those of the red like the green, I guess. I don't know. So, okay, why why all the drinking then? Why why does everyone get so wasted on St. Patrick's Day? Like, was he like a legendary souse? You know, was he just like a, you know, saint full of spirits? One of those things? Well, no. Uh, historically, uh, it was breaking of uh, Lent restrictions for the day because St. Patrick's Day falls right in that sweet spot in the middle of Lent when Catholics are giving up something they really like for a reward. And uh, it gave Christians a breather around this time so that they could actually, you know, fulfill this obligation on their way to Easter because it's a long time. 40 days for Christ's sake. Literally, for Christ's sake. So it was a day to eat and drink as much as you want. And uh, the Irish meal that traditionally was eaten was bacon and cabbage. Doesn't sound good to you, but oh my God, it sounds good to me. Um, getting completely blackout drunk on whiskey and beer was not part of that equation back then. In fact, most pubs in Ireland were forced by law to shut down for the holiday until later in the 20th century, when drinking alcohol on St. Patrick's Day was greatly frowned upon until the late 1970s. You know, can you imagine, like, what was the point of that holiday before then? Just eating, I suppose. But then once they got comfortable again and, you know, people fucking drinking Ireland, oh my God. Like, they decided, well, can we have a little bit of the beer? So they you know, of course, incorporated drinking. And I think that, you know, to Canada and the U.S., it seems like a lot of drinking. But to Ireland, it's just like, you know, Thursday. But I had some legendary hangovers from St. Patrick's Day, and I have forgotten at least 12 St. Patrick's Day. So, you know, memories. Now, if you're a young person and you really want to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, you're going to do what me and my friends used to do. You're going to go to school, and at this point, you should be in college or university because you can't drink legally until you're over 19 and all that noise. So I'm not condoning underage drinking and blah, 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 but I mean, you know, it's a free country. Do what you want. But we would go uh, to school that day, and when I say that, I mean we would arrive on the premises, but we didn't actually go to classes. We would go to a morning class, let's say, around 8 because, uh, you know, we're not monsters, but right around 10 o'clock. Uh, the festivities would begin. And here's the thing. They didn't start selling alcohol until 12, but we had our ways. Wink. So we had a, uh, you know, we had some some tailgaters, you know, to get us rocking and rolling. So it was perfectly acceptable for us to, uh, you know, begin the celebration at 10 a.m. that day. And uh, to our credit, we would go hard all day, all the way to dusk, all right? And when the, the sun went down, you would then stumble around trying to find a ride to the downtown because we were in St. Catharines. So that usually ended up with us taking public transportation and, you know, using, let's say, the poles to hold yourself up on the bus as, you know, makeshift stripper poles. But I digress. We would usually go down to the strip of bars in the downtown area. And then uh, I'd like to tell you what happened on the rest of the evening. But uh, I managed to have at least 13 blackouts in a row. So I don't really remember most of St. Patrick's Day, I do remember drinking green beer, and I do remember thinking, I don't think this is safe. But overall, it was just a fun day to have fun with your friends. Oh, yeah! If your friends were Guns and Roses and you don't mind power barfing into a utilitub and realizing you have to go to school the next day. Slancha.
Well, that's it for me for another episode of On the PA. Uh, it's been my pleasure to spend this half hour with you guys, and I hope you learned a little something because everything I told you about St. Patrick's Day was actually true, um, much to my dismay. Uh, I hope wherever you are, you're you know, uh, wearing green and you're celebrating St. Patrick's Day, hopefully six feet apart or socially distanced from other people because we need to end this pandemic, people. It's been a goddamn year. A year. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'd also like to dedicate this episode to all of my close friends. Uh, you know who you are. Uh, we've been apart, you know, for so long physically, but I miss you all and I love you all. And I couldn't help but think back uh, over the memories that I still have of St. Patrick's Day when I was doing this episode. So to you guys, uh, all of my ride or dies, I love you. And I hope to see you really soon. Uh, On the PA is written, performed, and produced by moi and... For this week, anyway, go out, celebrate the wearing of the green, and I will see you next week. So, happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.